Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Damon Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And to kick off today's episode, I kind of wanted to just do a quick recap of some of the games shown at Sony's showcase. Now, Sony, kind of fashionably late as usual, Xbox and Nintendo sort of went earlier in the summer. Sony comes in now, like, well past E3 to show a sneak preview of what's, you know, coming to PS5. Uh, I think there were some interesting things here and some things that caused some unneeded controversy and showed sort of uh, what kind of people some gamers are online. And we can get into that a little bit more later. But I kind of want to just start off with the very first game that was shown off at the showcase. And I know this is a huge deal to a lot of people, but I personally had never played this. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, So I know... Mike, you've played KOTOR, right? Uh, I've played KOTOR a little bit. Yeah, me too. Okay. I didn't actually play through all of it. I desperately hope it's getting the Final Fantasy VII remake treatment, because... I think so. I was not a fan of the combat in KOTOR. Yeah, so it's funny, right? Because, like, I've always heard such great things about KOTOR, how it's, like, one of Bioware's best... And I actually, you know, after I got my Series X, I saw it on sale for like five bucks, like the Xbox emulated version. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy that and check that out sometime. And uh, I got it. But now I'm totally going to try this updated version. Uh, I know there are some concerns about like the studio doing the remake, Asper. Apparently they did the like the PC port of Arkham Knight, which was not good. Not too familiar with that. Uh Oh, yeah. But that was not a good port at all. Yeah. Yeah, I but mean, yeah. I, I played it. I, I was able to finish it, but it ran very poorly. Yeah. On my 1070, which was at the time that came out pretty high end. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like this game has a lot of Sony backing now, so maybe they can get some more resources now. But uh, in general, I think a lot of people are very, very excited for this. And, and rightfully so. Like some people... Not some people, like, I feel like most people consider this the best Star Wars game ever made. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully it gets the Final Fantasy VII treatment. I don't know how well it's turn-based combat aged, but... Yeah, I know it's at least getting story changes. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, or I think so. I mean, maybe it's not overarching story, maybe they're adding side quests or something, but I saw someone on TikTok, of all places who was really excited because they had been doing writing for this game. And if there's writing happening, that means something's changing, you know? Because the game already had a script and everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's kind of fascinating, right? Because they took, like, the first three hours of the original and stretched it into a 40-hour game. And it somehow worked, apparently, right? Like, it it did really well. You not played it? No, I haven't played Final Fantasy VII yet. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I'm not, I've said this before on the podcast, Final Fantasy is one of those definite holes in, like, my gaming life, right? Like, I've never really played Final Fantasy. The first one I played was Final Fantasy XV. It's a good one. So. If you're not a Final Fantasy fan. Exactly. I was going to say, like, Final Fantasy fans would probably take on bridge with that statement, but. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I've been thinking about playing it recently. I think that if this game gets, like, you know, a really cool combat system, like an action-based combat system rather than a turn-based one, that could be that could be pretty cool. And I'm it very had much... an interesting turn-based combat system, if I remember right, where it was like 
it felt kind of MMO-y, but this was like before I'd ever played any MMOs. Like a lot of cooldowns and stuff and like passively blocking. It was interesting, but it was really, really slow. That was that was my problem with it. It really needed a fast forward button. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh and I also like this is maybe me being stupid, but I I was infuriated to be playing a Star Wars game without a lightsaber for for a very long time. I think you can get one. Oh really? I I know you can get one in the game, but it takes a bit. Okay, see, so I literally know nothing about this, right? Because like the promo trailer and like stuff that they showed, like it shows Darth Revan, right? I don't know who that is, but I'm guessing that was the Kotor Sith, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. guessing that was who was in the trailer, right? Darth Revan. They they show the red lightsaber, but it's curious no, now that you say there's actually no- Darth Revan okay. is not. Well, he is in the game, but that's a. Uh, I guess it's a spoiler for a game that released earlier, th- uh, two decades ago. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, uh oh, <clears throat> yeah, twenty year old um, spoiler. <laughs> twenty year old spoiler. Uh, Darth Revan's actually the player character. Whoa, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. like the whole whole deal is that he's been had had his like mind wiped and now he doesn't know who he is. God, I hate amnesia plots. It was it was twenty years ago. It wasn't yeah. as cliche yeah. back then. Yeah, I think I think those have been around a lot. I don't but know, yeah. but apparently, like, I mean, we can't really say without playing the game. But like, apparently, it was well done. You know, like, yeah, no, I mean, it was well, lots of well praise. Yeah, yeah. All right, but yeah, that kicked off their showcase, and then after that, we got a bunch of third-party announcements and let me just say from a personal note i don't know whether it was because like i had a bad day that day or whatever but i was fuming while watching this thing because like nothing i saw really interested me at all um and that's not to take away from these games like i'm sure there's some stuff that was that's gonna be great but like i was really looking forward to the first party stuff and to be fair sony waited till the end to show that i guess like they were doing the third party first then first party yeah, but I do I wanna, say they brought the first party heat towards the end for sure. Yeah. Like, I guess it's just not how I'm used to Sony doing stuff. Like, I, I, I think I would have preferred it just sprinkled throughout because, like, I was really mad <laughs> at the first half of this thing. But I do want to point out a few games, right? So, um, I think the most, uh, the game that's generating the most buzz from the third party perspective is Forspoken. Do you guys know about this game? No. So, no. this is the new Square Enix game. Uh, they showed the trailer, it, it, and it's like this open world, like magic combat game. And I think like this game, like was made, is being made by the same team who made Final Fantasy fifteen. And it it sort of shows, right? It sort of has that same aesthetic. But the thing that really stood out about this game to me is the combat. Like it looks very, very cool, right? Like the magic combat looks looks interesting right like you can find gifts online of like the main girl like using like a water power to like engulf an enemy and then she like clenches her fist and then they just freeze like i don't know it it seems intriguing i'm definitely interested um i I must have somehow completely missed this trailer because this sounds really cool and i don't remember anything about it yeah just do a quick google search of forespoken i think like you must have seen this at some point like they've shown this before this trailer like it's been shown off before but, like, the the only thing that kind of made me hesitate was, like, there was a lot of, like, I guess, Marvel-esque dialogue where, like, the girl was just, like, quipping constantly and it just didn't seem appropriate for, like, the tone of the trailer and the world and it seemed kind of jarring. But, like, 
that might just be like a temporary thing. I know like when they first showed off Horizon Zero Dawn, Aloy wouldn't shut up. And the n- true game is nothing like that. Um, but yeah, I think it looked pretty neat. Like uh, it, it does perform- look really neat. I remember this trailer now. <laughs> yeah, the, the performance, I mean, looked kind of choppy. But again, this is a trailer. Who knows how? I just kind of love the look of the main character. Yeah, she she seems cool. Her powers seem very cool, and and the world seems neat. It's just, you know, can the Final Fantasy fifteen team execute on this? And I hope they do. Yeah, because like the combat in Final Fantasy fifteen was pretty unique as well, and it was pretty good. But like, I wouldn't say it was like too tight or polished. If that makes sense. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Connor. Yeah, I didn't. It's been a long time since I played it, so. I didn't think yeah. it was bad. I thought it, I thought it was very passable combat that got me from one part of writing to the next, which is what I cared about. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think it was passable, but like from what we've seen so far for this game, I think the combat is more than passable. Like the the, the yeah, magic looks look, very it looks cool. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and it's being written by Amy Hennig, uh, who did uh, who wrote Uncharted. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. It gets uh, and Gary Whitta, who wrote Rogue One, which is. Some of the I get almost Noita vibes from like the way they're trying to make interesting magic combat and stuff. Like I don't think it'll be on the same scale, obviously, the interactions and stuff, but like spells that do weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean I'm I'm sure it won't go that deep, right? But like no way, but I, mean, I don't I mean, you know, when when I really think about it, like yeah, a lot of games have magic, but like Nothing on the level of like the spells we've seen just in this trailer alone. Like Yeah, and the, the visuals were just stunning. Yeah. So Yeah, this definitely seems like a next gen Square Enix game, which is very cool. Yeah. Like it looks more next gen than Final Fantasy sixteen, like to me. I, okay. I, that's not so, to me. <laughs> yeah. So there was some other stuff shown, like uh Project Eve was like kind of like a bayonetta like. And I know Connor, yeah. you're really into Bayonetta. I know I don't know if you have any comments on that, but like it seemed neat. It just seemed almost too anime for me. I don't know if that's yeah, appropriate. Like that, I don't. I go in blind on them. It's what I did with Devil May Cry. It's what I did with Bayonetta. And like they're just really sold by the moment to moment gameplay. You know, so yeah. I, there's yeah. no way for me to watch a trailer and tell if this will be good. I'll buy it. I'll play it. But. Yeah, I think it's something to keep my eye on. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, one thing that did seem pretty intriguing to me was Ghostwire Tokyo, despite having like the most generic game name ever. You know, I feel like that that game's been advertised as long as we've been doing this podcast. It's been advertised for a long time. Twenty nineteen. It was when it was revealed. I think. Yes, it was. Reve- yes, but this was the first time we saw actual gameplay. Like they kept showing like CGI trailers and whatnot. And and in this case, like the gameplay looks really sick. It looks kind of like a fast-paced, like Bioshock slash Prey type game, and it seems it seems cool. Yeah, it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, because I remember Ghostwire Tokyo had the had the awkward Japanese girl appear yeah. in in an E3 presentation and be like, yeah, "Hey, no. this is my new game." Wait, that was that was like the really wholesome one, right? She was like super excited. I think she was really excited. I don't remember. Yeah. It, was, it was like decades ago. Yeah, but then the internet got her. Yeah, decades ago again. <laughs> Twenty nineteen. Decades. Well, that's ancient accurate. lore. Yeah. Ancient. 
So, yeah, a couple other quick shout-outs. Alan Wake Remastered. I think Alan Wake was originally an Xbox 360 exclusive. Yes. So it's interesting that's coming to PlayStation now. Uh, I don't really know anything about Alan Wake. I just know it's tied to Control, and I played Control. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm interested in Alan Wake exclusively because it's in the Control universe. Yeah, which I'm sure, like, that's the opposite of most fans, like... But, you know, we're we're youngins, I guess. Yeah. I Okay, just a couple more third-party things I want to highlight. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I know a lot of people are excited for this. I didn't even know this was a Borderlands spinoff when I was watching. I was just like, oh, look at this. This is, looks like a Borderlands game. And Connor was like, yeah, this is, like, actually Borderlands. Um, I but, do not have any faith in Gearbox any longer. No, yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, this game's not going to be good. So, yeah, yeah the only... Borderlands 2 was the only Borderlands I played for quite a bit. Like I played it, I played a co-op with my sister and it was fun. But like it I think Borderlands to me at least has worn out as welcome. Like I do not find the idea of a new Borderlands exciting at all anymore. You know, like I gave Borderlands 3 a shot. It was put me to sleep and I'm I'm kind of done with Borderlands, but the thing that's such a shame about Borderlands 2 is that it was also only good for like a month because that humor aged like milk. Like, yeah, I don't know if we're I don't know I if we're in the minority on that. Yeah, I think a lot of people hold Borderlands Two really high. I literally because I, I, I really enjoyed the game. I loved it. Like I played that game a lot. I played through it with one of my uh, one of my best friends, and I tried to replay it like a couple years ago, and it was just like I would rather boiling water get poured in my ears than have to listen to Claptrap for one more second. It's so annoying. It's so bad. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of like a tough thing for humor in Dis- any medium, no, no less games, right? Like, it's hard for humor to stay evergreen, I think. Yeah, I, I disagree. Like, referential humor ages so badly, and that's all Borderlands had. Mm-hmm. It was 100% referential humor. And yeah, it's terrible now. All of it was bad two weeks later. <laughs> Mike, what were you going to say? Uh, my hot take is that the humor is actually not that bad. It The cringe is okay. All right? It's... I find it untenable. It's bearable. Like, the villain, the villain writing itself just makes it all worth it. I actually, yeah, I thought Handsome Jack was a fantastic villain. I will give you... I'll concede that. Like, but- the problem with Borderlands 3 was that you got this... They learned all these lessons in Borderlands 2 about storyline and everything and what people like. They looked at all these lessons and said, we don't need to listen to these. Let's just write Borderlands 2 again, but without Handsome Jack. Yep. <laughs> and, and without that, Handsome Jack, you don't have anything. Yeah, you just had You do have pretty tight, decent gunplay. Like, yeah, you had gunplay. You had cringe, though. The main characters literally made me, or not the main characters, but the main villains made me cringe. Well, in Borderlands, the villains really <laughs> are the main characters. Yeah it, yeah, it was painful to listen to them talk, and I was more excited for them to just be out of the story than I was to actually, like, give them the business as I was to Handsome Jack. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, like, I saw Tiny Teeny's Wonderland, I was like, hey, the combat looks cool because it, like, integrates magic with gunplay, and that seemed neat, but I don't know if I can stomach a Borderlands-style game. So we'll see. We'll see on that one. Is based on a DLC for Borderlands Two. I forget what it was called, but it was the best one apparently. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. Actually, it was a kind of cool one. Yeah, 
It was supposed yeah. to be really fun, but I never finished it because, like, by the time I could afford to buy DLC, <laughs> Borderlands was no longer enjoyable to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I know, I know a lot of people are excited about it, and, and that's good for them. But I don't. I... It's just so hard to be excited for because, like, you look at Borderlands. Borderlands One. It's a hot take, but it's a bad game. I hated it. A lot of people don't agree with me. Borderlands Two. I enjoyed it a lot when it came out. Borderlands, the pre-sequel, was so bad that fans of Borderlands talked me out of buying it. And then Borderlands 3 was just universally pretty bad. Yeah, so, I, like, you know, They've I, made one good game in four. Again, Maybe. more hot takes about Borderlands. You do? I think, yeah, I, I have another well, hot let me, take. Let me, get, like, let, me, let me get mine in really quick. I think Tales from the Borderlands is the best Borderlands game. I haven't right. played it, so ahead, I, I would believe that. Yeah, I have you know. a pre-sequel. The pre-sequel is what happens when you give an Australian studio the rights to make a game, and then they fill it with all Australian in-jokes, so 90% of their audience doesn't actually get the jokes anymore. Was that? Kind of see, funny. I heard that it was gameplay problems, but I didn't play it. It was both so. gameplay and the fact that, you know, it was very Australian. It was I remember very, thinking that, like, very much. having to worry about air supply in a Borderlands game sounded extremely annoying. Yeah, I just didn't like the writing. The writing was, I just didn't get the jokes. It, that's like half the fun is like getting the references and jokes. But when they're all about Australia, it's it's real hard to understand the game. Yep. That's funny. Speaking of reasons why people hated that game, we'll go into this later. Because it has to deal with our next topic. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so I guess to round off the third party games... This one seemed interesting. It seemed very kind of unique. It was that uh, island platformer called Chia. And oh, I, I don't know if you guys know. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was unique because like you could possess animals and use different animals to like solve different platforming challenges, which is a neat concept. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that one might be worth keeping an eye on. But uh, after that, I think we can get into the first party stuff. And I'll just start with like the least exciting one to me personally. Gran Turismo 7 got a release date. I know, you know, obviously. We don't have any racing enthusiasts on this show, but these games are very popular, so I'm I'm glad that's finally getting a release date. I will say, though, just from, like, an outsider's perspective, Gran Turismo does... It it, it just looks so inferior to Forza. Like, I just have to say that, (laughs) like, from my perspective, but I don't really know anything about these games. They also just don't market it as well. Like... When I when I watch the Forza trailers, it's always at these Xbox shows, and like everybody's so excited and stuff. And like Gran Turismo, I feel like it's just gonna be a video of some cars for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I remember watching the Forza stuff at Microsoft show, and I was blown away, honestly, because yeah. like I don't really care about racing, but I was just like, this looks photorealistic. Like this yeah, looks insane. They also, just know how to make it sound fun to somebody that doesn't play racing games and also it's easier to get excited for forza for me because the buy-in is so small i have game pass yeah i can just play it and if i don't like it i've lost nothing yeah i'm I'm sure there are nuances to like differentiate the two but i don't know of them i know i I know that gran turismo launches maybe once or twice a generation because the last mainline entry was 2013 so I think, like, this might be totally wrong, but I think the distinction is Gran Turismo is an actual, like, racing game, and then Forza is a driving simulator, maybe, is the distinction, but... For what it's worth, I had Gran Turismo on my PS1, and I thought it was fun. But, yeah, um, I mean, I, I hear they're fun games, it's just... 
I haven't played one since. If your racing game isn't Mario Kart or Jack X Combat Racing, I'm not interested. Just saying. I don't know. Sonic and All Stars Racing. I, I, I was actually about to mention that game. Yeah, Sonic. Sonic's pretty fun. Yeah. You guys remember Sonic Riders? Oh yeah, dude, that game was awesome. That game was confusing. It was confusing, but it was so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, now I kind of want to just talk about Insomniac for a sec. God. So it's kind of unreal. So let's okay. So let's just get this out of the way. Insomniac announced two games at this showcase. They announced Spider-Man 2, which was everyone expected, and then they announced Wolverine. And I don't think anyone saw this coming. So no. let's just put this into perspective. It has been less than 1 year the PlayStation 5 has been out. Insomniac has already released two PlayStation 5 games and have announced two more. What? Yeah. Insomniac I mean, how many people is, are working at Insomniac right now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's got to be the thing. Insomniac's got to be massive now. Like they've got to be bigger than all the other studios. Easily. My question is, I wonder how much can be reused between Spider-Man, like, because they don't need to make a whole new map for Spider-Man Two, for one thing. Yeah, Spider-Man Two, like I obviously, you know, will borrow heavily from one, but Wolverine, yeah, they, I they imagine, will be made yeah. from scratch. You think so? Yeah, it's I mean, got to be. It's like, going to be the same engine, but. I mean, like, but here's the thing, though, like, it's got to be like, they, they've already come out and said, like, Wolverine is not going to be, it's not going to have the same tone as Spider-Man. Like, it will have, oh, no, Wolver- it's got to be rated M, right? Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a Wolverine appropriate tone. Yeah. And it's just, and obviously, I think uh, Spider-Man 2 has a, ten- it has a release date of 2023. I presume Wolverine is after that, which, you know, I would imagine 2024. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy to me that. Sony bought Insomniac not too long ago, and they've quickly, I feel like they're kind of their best studio now. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, I feel like just, uh, no, and, and like, Insom- Insomniac's always been good, but I feel like ever since the P- PS5 released, they've just been leveling up even more. Like, Miles Morales was fantastic, Ratchet and Clank was stunning, and now we're getting Spider-Man 2, and, and you know, just to be clear like there were no surprises here right like everyone knew spider-man 2 was coming and if you had played the original spoilers i guess you'd know venom would would be in this one yeah i thought it was really funny that they like did a big venom reveal in the trailer but like anybody who played spider-man has to have known that venom was coming so so venom is coming do you guys know who was doing the voiceover for that trailer though it was it was definitely like a different villain right i don't know yeah that seemed it seemed very ominous i feel like this will be like the dark middle chapter right like the empire strikes back of the spider-man playstation games uh and and what what's cool is and this is you know predicted right but you saw both peter and miles so i assume you get to play as both in this game which is gonna be great. i saw a bunch of people saying that they think it'll be co-op and i find that no way unlikely yeah, yeah there's no way like how would that even work but i think they were just showing like hey you there's gonna be two protagonists in this game <sighs> I mean, there are now there are ways that could work and be pretty cool. Like, but I doubt it. Like, yeah, I don't. They could do something like they did in Devil May Cry, where like you just have other people show up while you're playing as one of the other characters. Sometimes, like, but I don't know why. I don't think they should bother with that. Yeah, I think they just need to focus on making a really good Spider-Man story. (laughs) Like, yeah, and 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 to Insomniac's credit, uh, Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, like tw- the the 2017 game, I think it was 2017, right? Maybe it was 2018. But I think it was um, 2018. Uh, yeah, it, it had one of the b- 
better Spider-Man stories I've seen. Granted, I don't read the comics, right? Like, I've only watched the movies, but, like, I really grew attached to that Peter Parker. Like, I think it was the one of the best representations of Peter Parker I've seen. I'm still mad they changed his face, if I'm being honest. Yeah, his old face is, like, 20 million times better. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, like, and Miles' Miles's story was great, too. Uh, I won't really get into that, because I assume you'll play that at some point, Connor. But Yeah, um, I will. I, I, once, once it comes to PC. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see both their stories, like, continue together, right? Because, like, minor spoils for Miles Morales. Peter's in, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of the game, then he just dips. So, like, there's no, like, Miles-Peter interaction for that. Yeah, he, like, game. leaves the country, right? Or yeah, something. he's, like, going on, like, an overseas trip with Mary yeah. Jane. That was in the trailer, yeah. So yeah, the whole it's thing like, is like he's just, leaving the city to Miles for a bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's just Miles. And it's really good, right, that he does that, right? Because that I think it's really cool that, you know, Peter leaving allowed Miles to really have his own, like, coming-of-age story. Like, accepting himself as Spider-Man and not having to follow in Peter's footsteps and be his own Spider-Man. That was the story of Miles Morales, and it was really good. But now I'm ready to see how both of their stories develop together and how they bounce off each other. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. And... By the way, this game is going to sell a bazillion copies, and this will be probably the best-selling PlayStation game of all time, Spider-Man 2. That's likely, yeah. Yeah. I saw people talking about, like, kicking off an M- uh, a Marvel gaming universe now, and, like... I don't know. I don't I mean, know that I want that. Like They might be, you know, like, there's no evidence that Wolverine is attached to Spider-Man at all, but, like... It'll probably I, I feel have mods. Like, I mean, you've got to imagine that conversation has happened, right, at Sony. And well, at actually, Disney. Wolverine will probably take place way before Spider-Man. Like, Wolverine in his prime is typically, like, not modern. His story, to me, is more interesting. And, like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. it, could, I, it could go either way. I don't know. Like, this could be Disney saying, like, hey, we really like what happened with Spider-Man. We're giving you the keys to another superhero, and maybe you can build, like, a... Like a universe or something. I don't know. Like, I don't think necessarily everything has to be a connected universe, right? Like, I really enjoy the fact that Spider-Man, the original, like, it was a, it was a very well-told Spider-Man story and had very good gameplay. At some point, canon can be really limiting, though. And like, I love the MCU, but like, I don't know if I want that in video games. I kind of want them to be able to go buck wild and not worry about like, I would like Spider-Man to be able to kill a character even if Wolverine would like to use that character. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it really helps me for those to be interconnected universes. Yeah, I, 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 that's just, I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But like, and, and plus, you know, like tonally, right? Spider-Man's a hard T, right? Like it's not ever going to, and Wolverine's most likely going to be in like an M game with like blood and gore and stuff. It right? better be, because if, if it's not, it will not be tonally like, appropriate. Yeah, so, like, it's just, you know, what I'm getting at is, like, meshing those two together might be awkward if they decide to go down that route. Um, but, so so that's, I guess, one point in favor of it not being connected, but... Interestingly enough, we'll apparently the X-Men Origins Wolverine video game was extremely well-received. Really? Yeah, people, people hated the movie, but apparently the game was very good. And I, I'm saying this, I've read it mentioned online since the trailer for the new one came out. And I also can say anecdotally, I had a friend who was who hated that movie, but was extremely into the video game. That's interesting. Yeah. But like I I have, you know, I have total faith in Insomniac at this point. Like they're going to knock this Wolverine game out of the park. And like just from a personal note, like like I don't really read comics, but like 
I love the X Men movies, like like way more than the MCU. Like I really that is well, oh, that's a I weird don't know for me. Like uh, the old okay. ones or the new ones? No, 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 no. Let me let me rephrase that. I think I mis mischaracterized what I meant. X Men like First Class and Days of Future Past and Logan. I think are better than most MCU movies. I would argue. I don't agree. I think that the X Men movies are passable, but. I thought Logan was one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. I thought Logan was really good, and I wish I'd watched it blind because I feel like it was tainted by how good everyone else thought it was. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I, I do not think it lived up to the expectations that everyone set for it, but I do think it's a really good movie. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. All that to say, I'm looking forward to Wolverine finally getting his due. <laughs> Maybe before he gets his due in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, from from their timeline, because I think MCU is doing Fantastic Four first, and then... I, are they doing X-Men? Is that even confirmed? Yeah, they're doing X-Men. It's just like okay. way down the line. Like they're doing Fantastic Four before X-Men. So okay. yeah, that Insomniac, they're machines, man. Like it's very impressive what they're doing. Yeah. And, and Sony got them for a steal, right? I think they only paid like a hundred, couple hundred million for them. Yeah. Okay. And so that leaves the final game of the showcase and personally the game I'm most excited for, God of War Ragnarok. So God of War Ragnarok... We didn't get a CG trailer. We got a full in-game trailer. We got an idea of what the story is going to be. And uh, it looks like exactly what I wanted. I'm so, so excited for this game. God of War 2018, to me, is one of the best games ever made. And I'm very much excited to see how this journey concludes. Because they've confirmed that Ragnarok is the end of the Norse story. So... I think that's uh, interesting that they're only doing that they're doing two games. Right. Yeah. Quality, yeah. Instead of three, which just feels like the default. Yeah, I think that's what I thought, too. But then, you know, like it's like three has been the default for so long. But I think they're saying like they know exactly where they want to take the story. And, you know, two just makes sense. Because like I think I, I, I read that when they were first coming up with the concept for, you know, the God of War reimagining or reboot, however we want to call it, Corey Barlog the director of the first game wrote such a huge script that they had to like chop it into half. And, you know, like, so he had the entire story like planned out. And I, I'm assuming that the first God of War was just like the first half or like first third of that. And this God of War is going to be the rest of that story. And it seems to be, it's going to be like way more massive than the first game. So like, you know how in Norse mythology, you have like the nine realms, right? Like, you know, Midgard, Asgard, etc., etc., right? Maybe I would know if you'd play Valheim with me. They confirmed in Ragnarok you're going to be visiting all nine. So that's that's in and of itself like a massive game. Because like huge, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. You could visit several in the first game, but like not all of them. So uh, yeah, this game's going to be absolutely massive. Uh, it continues the story of Kratos and Atreus. Um, well, I don't know how spoilery I want to get, but they're. They showed um, they're finding the Norse God of War tier in this game. And I'm assuming everything they showed, by the way, they showed a lot. But I'm assuming everything they showed was is in the first like couple hours of the game. Because that's just how they operate. Uh, so I, I'm expecting, you know, big, big things from this game. Honestly, like my expectations are so high, I don't think they can be met. There's like no way this game's going to be as good as I think it's going to be. But I, I, I do want to sort of dovetail this discussion into some of the controversies that were generated by this game. The the first of which, and the less egregious of which, was our first look at Thor. He's a big, strong, fat man in this game. 
And uh, it, I don't understand why this generated, like, so much... Like, Thor was trending for, like, days after this trailer showed, and, like, I saw, like... I was at my parents' house, and I saw, like, MSNBC talking about Thor from God of War Ragnarok. It was like, what world do we live in right now? Like, why does this matter at all? I, I don't think- get why it's such a big deal. Like... He looks strong. I don't get why it matters that he has a gut. Like I think they just everyone just wanted Chris Hemsworth from the MCU. Maybe like that's maybe colored their perception. Strong guys have a gut sometimes. Like yeah, (laughs) and like I mean this yeah this Thor looks like big, fat, strong, and mean. You know like and and that you know like fits with the Norse interpretation of Thor. Thor was not like a heroic chiseled golden man you know yeah like it, it would have either been this or it would have been he would have looked a lot like kratos i feel like yeah which by the way side note we're a hundred percent going to be wheeling mjolnir at some point in this game and i'm so excited for that like that's got to happen right yeah probably I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with god of war games but like part of the whole thing is like getting like new powerful weapons uh and kratos is going to be you know, swinging Mjolnir by the end of the game. I can promise you that. Also, like, Mjolnir's power set is not going to be crazy different from the Leviathan X, is it? Like, Yeah, in the sense that, like, it'll probably be, like, you can throw it and recall it, but I imagine the the team at Sony Santa Monica will make it unique enough. You know, like, yeah. the combat in God of War is excellent, by the way. It's, it's very Souls-esque, but feels heavier, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know, I know th- some people... Um, another controversy for this game, I'm, uh, just to get into that, some people were disappointed in how the game looks, and I think... Gamers are stupid. There were people <laughs> complaining about it reusing animations. And yeah, like, and it was just like, dude... Like, <laughs> let me just for no reason make a, a new get-into-a-boat animation. I know, right? That's it's, a good use of budget. Like, it's, it's what, are so, you, what are you talking about? It's so entitled, man. It's just like... What's wrong with the getting into a boat animation, guys? It's fine. He's not in the boat, and then he is. What's the problem? Yeah, I know, right? Like, and it's just like, and even more, like, even to speak more to, like, their level, it's just like, dude, this is a direct continue. Like, this game will take place. It it looks like it's going to start moments after the last game ended, right? With, like, well, again. We didn't learn to get into boats better, guys. Yeah. So at this point, okay, I'm just going to throw this out here. It's too difficult to talk about this without spoilers. If you care at all about God of War or plan to play it someday, maybe skip this section because I'm going to start spoiling things. Uh, and Connor, I know you plan to play it someday, but I don't think these spoilers oh, will kind of done out for this next bit. The first game ends with Kratos and Atreus accomplishing their mission, going back home, and then flash forwarding to three years later or so. And Thor shows up on their doorstep, right? And the game just ends there, right? And you see that exact same scene in this game, right? So this game is a literal direct continuation of the first game. And you're going to tell me that gamers expect, for a game like this, to have everything made completely from scratch. It's just like, what? Even beyond that, just why? Why bother? Yeah, it's like focus your energy on more productive things. It's like, the same people who are going to complain that New York is too similar in Spider-Man 2, you know? Like, yeah. 
Of course uh, it is. It's, uh, the city but, didn't change. But the, the, the New York in Spider-Man 1, with it, it was a New York of two years ago. Maybe they, they put up a new building. Maybe they... Can uh, you believe that they used the exact same Empire State Building? <laughs> oh my god. I just the, ar- the artist should have, like, mocked up a new model, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lazy devs. <laughs> Lazy devs, devs. Yeah. <laughs> The Empire State no, Building like, is not not slightly more worn down. But yeah, like there were complaints about the graphics. Like I get that it's not like blowing people's pants off because it's it's a cross gen game, right? It's coming to PS4 as well. Uh, really? But like it, it looks significantly like people who are thinking this looks the same as God of War PS4 need to go back and play that game. This game looks significantly better than that game. I'm telling you, I've played that game over like three times, like. God, the so level of next gen for a long time. They are, yeah, and I think it's just because of the massive PS4 install base. But I imagine 2022 will be the end of the cross gen period, and 20 because 2023 they announced Spider-Man 2 is PS5 only. Okay. Uh, so I imagine you know this game will be one of the last cross gen games. But That's still like three years though. That's wild. Yeah, it's 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 kind of unprecedented. I don't think they've done that before. Ah, uh, PS2 kind of had it. PS2 got games well into, but that was because of the Wii, kind of. Yeah, and plus, you know, the large install base of the PS2, of course. Yeah, so it's kind of the same reasoning. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's uh, it's silly, right? Like, it's, oh yeah, it's I, I challenge anyone with eyeballs who isn't being disingenuous to look at this trailer on YouTube and not like the cr- compressed, you know, the lossy version of the stream. Look at this trailer and tell me it looks bad. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like graphically, you know, like yeah, there's just no no one with eyeballs would say that. Okay, and lastly, and probably the biggest thing about this, they introduced a new character at the end of the uh, trailer, and her name is Angerboda. I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but in um, Norse myth, she's typically portrayed as Loki's wife, and she's a young black girl in this game, and you will not believe the level of vitriol and anger that this generated to and i and i know like most people are probably completely fine with this but like there's a very vocal minority drumming up a lot of anger similar i think to the last of us part two before that game came out a lot of angry uh bigoted people voicing their opinions loudly and again spoilers for god of war again uh i, I think a big reason people are angry is because uh Angerboda is traditionally loki's wife at the end of the game, uh, Atreus finds out uh, his mother, Faye, had another name for him, which is Loki. So they're clearly setting up Atreus and Angerboda to be an item in this game, I think. God, that's a good story. You know, I'm mad that Angerboda is not is attractive. Because in Norse lore, she's literally just a giantess and her three children were a Fenrir, uh, a serpent... Yeah, and the the uh, the ruler of the dead. <laughs> yeah, it, like and hell. Yeah. yeah. So like it, like I guess they're gonna get together and give birth to a wolf wolf and a serpent. Like, yeah. And but then, uh, but anyways, like yeah, pe- I think people are mad because their precious little white boy Atreus is going to marry black girl Angerboda, and it's just like, dude, what year do you think we live in right now? Like. <laughs> Come on. I don't know why it's just now occurring to me, but there's a lot of like, like racists have really claimed Nordic mythology. Like that's not new. Like, 
Yeah, that's it's I, I got strange. into uh, I got into Nordic metal a lot when I was in high school. And I, I stopped listening to it because I found out a lot of the lyrics were extraordinarily racist. And really? I Yeah, they were they were not speaking the language I spoke, so I didn't know that. I found out later and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just not do this anymore. Yeah, it's 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 strange. I don't get it. But like people have either. And a lot of, you know, like again, vocal minority has clung on to this and like she should be white, just like the myth. This is going against, you know, this is not a realistic representation of the myth. You you guys are changing uh, things to p- push your agenda and, like, all yeah. this stuff. As if they didn't already change things to have Kratos come yeah. fight. Guys, Thor, like. yeah, in, in Norse myth, the Greek gods don't invade their realm and fight. Like, that's... In I'm Norse myth, Anger is not even, like, her skin color is not even described. She's just described as a giantess in Jotunheimer. Like yeah, that's I that's don't. it. She's just a giant. Yeah, I, I mean, Loki's okay. supposed to be a frost giant, isn't he? Like, or is that an MCU yeah. thing? That no, Loki is supposed to be Loki's supposed to be a giant, and that is yeah. represented in this game too. But, oh, okay. But you know, the point I'm getting at is like, dude, these are like even I I don't know about the myth. Okay, like I don't. I haven't read the texts or the poems or whatever. But this is an artistic interpretation. Of those things, you know, like even if she was, if, if if in the text she was like she had white skin, okay, it, even if it said that, like who cares? This is an artistic interpretation of that character. Like it's, sh- there's no reason to get mad, you know. It's just people are using this as an excuse to parade the racism. That's all this is, you know. Yeah. Like, and it got so bad to the point where like I saw a person on Twitter basically recolor her. To be like a white girl with red hair, and that image started getting p- passed around and like shared with the devs, and I'm just like, I am so sorry. You all have to she's, deal with this, you know. Like, what? That makes even less sense. It's just like this is what she should look like. Red Sh- hair. Share this with the, share this with the devs so they can correct this. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, the same hair? thing that, that clown did with Aloy. Like, I'm so confused. See, like, stuff like this gives me so much secondhand embarrassment, you know, like, because it's just like, like, you know, people on the outside, like, are going to point to this stuff and be like, this is what, like, hardcore gamers are like. And I'm just like, yeah, that's why I hesitate to even, like, talk about video games with people I don't know pretty well. I I don't talk about video games anymore. Video games are a lie. I do not play video games. I do not associate myself with the mouth breathing, the mouth breathing (laughs) crowd. And it's tough because I do, I like, no, I definitely know it's like a vocal minority, right? Like most people are decent and not racist, but like, like it's, it's just that these people are so loud, they control the narrative and it's frustrating. It's so weird that you can't like say you're into anime. You can't talk about anime without being associated with that vocal minority of mouth breathers. Yeah, that, that's a thing too, but. Or yeah, just about any, any group of nerddom has this group of mouth breathers that make everyone else look bad yeah and that's i think miserable. that's fair and i do want to compare this a little bit to the last of us part two and i was talking to connor about this before the show started but there are very valid criticisms of the last of us part two you know that story is not for everyone mm-hmm. uh and i guess spoilers for the last of us part two right the entire you know rage that was generated before that game came out was that you find out that uh well, it leaked that a girl named Abby kills Joel, the protagonist from the first game, and that you play half the game as Joel's killer, as Abby, right? 
and this infuriated everyone, right? Like they're like, oh my god, like my my boy Joel got killed by a woman, and she's a buff woman. And nonetheless, and like then this weird rumor that she was trans started popping up and then people were like, oh my god, I can't believe Naughty Dog is making us play as a trans person. By the way, she's not trans. That just came out of nowhere. But this whole like assault on like masculinity caused so much like very loud uh, anger and vitriol to be thrown at Naughty Dog and Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann in particular got death threats uh, because of this. And it's just like... It's just, it's, it's like, grow up, you know? Like, not everything has to be about the strong white man, you know? Yeah. Like, people were angry that Ellie was a lesbian as well, and, like, they, I guess they had in their headcanon that she would get with a nice white boy or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, like, they, and, and these people were so angry, you know, like, they, they never even played the game. They just talked bad about it and tried to get people to not play it. You know, like if you go on Metacritic, the critic score is like 93 or something, but the user score is like four, like out of 10 uh, or three or like something extremely low because people just bombed this game. The Last uh, of Us Part 2 haters are particularly vitriolic too. I don't know. I think we mentioned it on the podcast before. What the girlfriend they did. reviews thing? Yeah, what they did to girlfriend reviews. Yeah, it's, it's pretend that girlfriend reviews sent them threats or something. It was like, yeah, it was wild. Like and it's just, it's just, it's it's so ironic too because these people have no empathy, and like, and that misses the entire the enti- Last of Us Part Two is a game about empathy, right? And and if you play it and don't like it because that theme didn't resonate with you or like you weren't able to find empathy for Abby for killing Joel or whatever, then that's fine. You know, like I, I brought this example up. My sister loved the first game, hated the second game, not for any bigoted reasons, but because she could not forgive Abby for what she did. And the game's whole mission is to make you empathize with Abby. And if that, if they fail at that for you, then you will not like the game. But if they succeed, then you think it's a great game. Right. And that's why it is controversial with the people who actually played the game, but for the people who didn't play the game, it's controversial because of, you know, XYZ bigoted reasons. And I think the same thing is now happening with God of War Ragnarok. They don't like that Atreus is probably going to get with a black woman. They don't like that Angerboda is a black woman. And these things are going to bubble up and result in, like, devs getting attacked online and eventually, like, when the game comes out, comes out review bombing, which, by the way, doesn't work at all, right? Like, Last of Us 2 sold immensely, was highly critically successful. You just, you know, I mean, obviously, like, there was must have been some sort of impact, like a small impact, but nothing like to the point where Sony's like, oh, we have to reconsider what we're doing with these games. Like, that's never going to happen. So you're just sort of yelling in your angry echo chamber if you're mad about these things. Sorry, I just granted. No, you're while, right. But. I do want to say though that um so I, I'm very into video games and all, and I have a cousin who is very into comics. And so we kind of talk about the differences between the mediums a lot. And I do want to say that like we we both mediums have extremely vitriolic fans, but I do kind of take a bit of pride in video games because like they don't listen. Like you know, no, you know, the, the angry gamers did not get women taken out of battlefield. They did not yeah. get, they're not going to change the race of, uh, 
Angela. I don't remember. I've already lost her name because I was kind of zoning out during that because I didn't want spoiled. But um, like these things aren't going to change. And where like the comics industry is really bad about buckling to this sort of thing and like yeah, you know, I think eliminating that's, all their diversity and stuff because a bunch of angry white kids are yelling about it. That's like, a fantastic point. I think I think yes, the games industry, at least like the creatives in charge, deserve a lot of credit because like they don't they don't buckle to this stuff. They don't. I can't no, even I'm think not gonna say, we still have a long way to go, but like Absolutely. But, we don't move backwards very often on representation. Yeah. I still think that the, you know the thing they will buckle on is like I, apparently gamers getting mad has gotten women fired and stuff at different studios. And I can't say any examples, but I was, uh, I, I saw some of that going around on Twitter recently. That's uh, atrocious. Yeah. So I'm not trying to say that we're flawless and I'm not going to sit here and defend gaming executives and stuff, but like, they're not going to go back on this and that's respectable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, You'd be out of your mind to think if they're going to make her a white girl. Like, what planet yeah. do you live on if you really, truly believe that? Yeah. Like, anyways. But, yeah. Just to, to bring things to a more positive note, this is the my most anticipated game of next year. Uh, and, yes, I'm including Elden Ring in that. Yes, wow. I'm including Be- Breath of the Wild 2 in that. I am just so excited for the conclusion of this story. This game means so much to me. I'm so excited to see how it ends. And again, I know my expectations are so high. Like I'm almost a hundred percent sure they won't be met. But if they are, oh gosh, I'm so excited. All right, that's all I had to say. Yeah, decent showcase from Sony. It's it's you know like I I told a friend earlier that like if Sony had just Sony had just shown a blank screen for forty minutes and then ended with God of War, I, I would have considered it worth it. But you know. That's just those are just my tastes. I think you know the first party looks interesting. I think Insomniac carrying hard uh, yeah. with God and God of War coming, Horizons coming as well. But obviously they've already shown that they don't want to show it again on this showcase. But it's coming early next year. So exciting times ahead if you're if you're a Sony fan um, and some interesting looking third parties as well. Oh, really quick, forgot about this. Uh, Uncharted Four and Log- Lost Legacy coming to PC. I'm sure Connor, you'll you'll check out Lost Legacy at least, right? Yeah, probably. I don't see myself buying Uncharted Four again. Yeah, unless Lost they Legacy do like fantastic. By the way, bringing just Uncharted Four. Oh, the, the, Uncharted Lost Legacy. I've not played that. I. Why are they yeah. not? Porting I'm sure. Their, I think they're bringing but, all of it. Yeah, I'm okay. sure the first three are coming. I think it was just like a different. I think the first three are coming in like a different collection. Yeah, if they release a collection, I will absolutely, like, to replay all of Uncharted in 4K, 60. More than 60, probably. Well, my TV is only 60 hertz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's 120 hertz, 1080p. I might do that. I don't know. But, yeah, you can't, I I don't have a 4K 120 TV, unfortunately. Yeah. Not a lot of... You you could just play it on your monitor, but... Yeah, I could, but... But, yeah, that's that's super exciting for for PC-only people, because, like... For the longest time, to me, Uncharted was the face of Sony. Like, no, yeah, bringing Uncharted is like it's a it's a peace offering. Like, <laughs> it's a, it really is, yeah, yeah. Like it's them. It's a it's a statement of intent. Yeah, it's like sorry we've yeah. been leaving you high and dry for so long. This is the first of many good things to come, yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, that's uh, that's. So the Sony stuff and the controversy I wanted to rant about in the nutshell. Do do any of you have any closing thoughts on that? Nope. 
I I did kind of tip on to uh, the pre-sequel earlier, but there was a there is a character in the pre-sequel who I believe was a lesbian. Uh-huh. She there were a lot of people there were legitimate problems with her with her character that do revolve around the fact that she is a lesbian because if she's written really bad and that seems to be her mm-hmm. only character trait is that she's uh, um, yeah, LGBT. They, like, did they like kill their gays or something or bury their gays? Yeah, it's it's like her only character trait and it feels like every other word out of her has something to do with like a lesbian joke and I'm like I this I can't. That's Borderlands. They're not capable of subtlety. Yeah, They're there was really no deep. subtlety. <laughs> there was like no, there were they did subtlety perfectly for uh Sir Hammerlock though. Because he's canically gay, and his subtlety. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, you didn't. No one knew that until it's well, like, hey, I have a a, a boyfriend now. I'm well, like, pre sequel no, was wild. was writ- pre sequel was written by a different team, right? Yeah. So, so they I, they just didn't get subtlety, just, but a lot of people just hated her. Which yeah, and I think I think the final thing. I, I'm sorry, I just rent mode back for a little bit, but. If you're if you're one of these people that are angry that like black women are getting into games or gay people are getting into games, you have tens of thousands of games to play where powerful white men are the protagonists. You can go play those, right? Yeah, just just go like, play you those. You have so much available to you, but now finally, now like after decades, some of these more marginalized people that don't really see themselves in these games are starting to see them there, and you know just. Let them have it, you know? Like, if you really feel so bad about this kind of stuff, you don't have to play this stuff. You can go play the stuff that's already been made that has existed for eons at this point. But, like, it's time to bring in everyone and not just powerful white male protagonists. All right, I'm done. Yeah, well said. Well said. You guys ready to do the games we've been playing? Yeah. Uh, Y'all mind if I go first? Go for it. Uh, so I want to open uh, with a game that I didn't really get to finish because I got sidetracked, but uh, I don't want to forget about it because uh, it's smaller and isn't going to get a lot of attention, I don't think. But it's a, a little game called Webbed, and it's uh, a fun little indie platformer where you play as a spider and uh, a spider that can shoot lasers out of his eyes or her eyes. I can't remember. It's a spider. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, but anyway, it's really fun. It's uh, it's cute. You uh. The web mechanics in it are extremely good. Like you can actually build a web connecting a bunch of things together. And you can also like grappling hook swing on your web and just, you know, it comes up with creative puzzles where you like have to build webs to like get an item from one side of a room to another. And like sometimes you're grappling and you can like, you know, it's a, it's essentially a grappling hook. So it's really fun to like use momentum and swing yourself around and stuff. They nailed it. And it's it's yeah. a short little game, I'm pretty sure. I think I was near the end, uh, but I just got sidetracked playing Deathloop, which I'm going to talk about later. But um, it's really fun. I will finish it, uh, but I didn't want it to not get some representation on the podcast because I think it's really good, and it is going to fly under most people's radar. I uh, discovered it in uh, one of the Steam... What's it called, Mike? Do you know where they like release a bunch of demos at the same time? Uh, isn't it the Steam Games Festival? Yes. Yeah, I played the demo during that and uh, kind of fell in love with it. Wishlisted it. It was kind of one of those games where, like, mechanically it felt really sound. And I was thinking, like, the demo was really just kind of playing around with the mechanics. There wasn't a lot of a lot in the way of level design. And I was like, ugh, is this going to have good level design when it comes out? And the answer is mostly, yeah. They, you know, 
they did some good variety. I think they're, you know, they did a good balance between platforming and puzzles and the puzzles that are there are pretty good. And it actually kind of feels like you're exploring this world. Like there's one part where you're like fly, like kind of flying through the air, helping these bees do some stuff. And then there's another part where you're like going down into an anthill and you have to like help these ants and all the ants are like engineers and you're helping them build a giant mechanical ant. That's cool. There's yeah, there's some fun creativity on display here. It's like a $10 game. It's one of those things. If $10 is not a lot of money to you, then this is an easy recommendation. If you got some free time, it's not very long and it's just adorable. Uh, If $10 is a lot of money to you. Yeah. And maybe not, maybe not this one. (laughs) So that's cool. I, it's interesting. Like I'm racking my brain, you know, like I can't really think of spider related games other than Spider-Man, but it's cool that they, they're adapting like the powers or not powers, but like the features of a spider to like a platformer. Cause like, kind of like similarly, like, uh, you remember snake pass? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, that was a fun little game. Like a little game that, you know, obviously you play as a snake. So the gameplay is like very unique and snake like. Cool when yeah, developers uh, think of cool ways to ad- uh, like adopt animal cr- characteristics into gameplay. Yeah, the the thing about web that is so hard to do level design for, I imagine, is that like you you can't climb walls in this game for one thing. You can okay. only you can shoot webs and grapple and stuff, but you have so much freedom of movement that like you know it's kind of hard to design a difficult platforming section when you can just propel yourself so easily through the air. But they managed to do it at a couple points. I wouldn't say that it's anything hardcore, but there, you know, I've, I've died a few times. That's not yeah. extremely easy. Um, the only thing I would complain about is that there's this one puzzle type that keeps coming up where there's like some gears and there's a gear missing and you have to grab the gear and they'll like put the gears on the ceiling and you have to like somehow get a gear that is loose up into this group of gears. And it's like not fun. Like, getting the gear to the right place is pretty fun, but then actually getting the game to register, like getting it all the way up there, there's no good way to like attach yourself to the ceiling and pull it up to you or like launch it up there. There's just not really, I'm not having fun with that part. I, mm-hmm. my, my strategy has been to like connect the gear to the place it's supposed to be and then shoot it with my laser eyes and hope that that like launches it in the right direction. And usually that takes like four or five tries or something. And that's just not very fun. I don't know why, like, I feel like this had to have come up, so maybe I'm missing something. But that part of the game is really not very fun. I think your cat agrees. Yeah, she hates it. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about uh, Deathloop, too? Yeah, I can dive into Deathloop. I didn't know if somebody else wanted to take a turn. but uh... Yeah, so I, I let me just jump in really quickly. I have not really played anything this week. I started Deathloop, but I'm way too early to have like a solid opinion on it. I did, you know, like I mentioned, I was at my parents for most of last week, but I did try to uh, use uh, like game streaming to play Psychonauts 2 through my Xbox. And it it was kind of like messy, like the latency was actually really good, but like the lighting was so messed up, even when I cranked it all the way like up, like it was still just really dark. So I was like, I don't want to experience this in like a subpar way. So I'll just yeah, wait until I like, go back home. Yeah, beautiful a game to do that. Was it, so, was it game streaming from your Xbox or was it, it was game, So Okay, so I tried game streaming from the Xbox, low latency, but lighting problems. And then I tried game streaming from xCloud and the, and the latency, it was acceptable, but it wasn't, 
good because like I had gotten used to such like fast like I had gotten used to such low latency like just playing manually right if I had yeah. never played it like that I would have probably been fine but like it was so noticeable it's just like I can't play it like this so I'm just gonna you know pick it back up now that I'm you know back but yeah, um, yeah I, I would like, I would say finish Psychonauts 2 before you start Deathloop yeah <laughs> no I, I will 100% be done with Psychonauts 2 by next week's episode so yeah I'll have some more thoughts on that then, but for now, yeah, Connor, go ahead. Uh, so Deathloop, for those that don't know, is a game where you play as a guy named Colt, and you're in a, a single-day loop, and the day manifests as, I think, four times a day. It's like morning, noon, afternoon, evening, and there are four areas on this island that you can go, and uh, basically, you're, so you go to these areas, you do some stuff, and then you leave the area, and that's like one one day part I don't, I, mission, I guess. And you get four missions a day, so it's kind of hard to describe that part. There are four missions a day, four areas, and four times a day. And like all the areas are different based on what time of day you go to them. There are different events going on. Security will be different. The paths will be different. And it also has some sort of roguelike mechanics. I saw some people like calling this game a roguelike, and it absolutely is not a roguelike. Which, them calling it that is why I bought it. I'm not sad I bought it. I'm actually enjoying the game quite a bit. But um, you lose all of your items at the end of the day because you're stuck in a time loop. So you go back to the beginning, and uh, you can circumnavigate this. I'm not going to spoil how you do it, but eventually you do get a way to keep some items going into the next day. And also you're collecting, it's an arcane game, so some kind of dishonored style powers you can also get. And I won't, you know, I won't spoil where the powers come from either. But uh, your end game, your goal essentially is that the time is to destroy the time loop, which is held together by basically there's a bunch of things you have to do in a single cycle to make this time loop go away. You know, oh, kill some people, neat. do some stuff. Yeah. And so the game is about. And, you know, these things, like, they, you know this, but the other people also know this. Uh, you're the only person, I should note, that, no, like, remembers things from one loop to the next, other than another character called Juliana, who is a rival, who seems kind of unhinged. Like, she really wants to kill you and doesn't want the time loop to go away. She's, like... Just and, keep Cole, killing you over and over again, it seems yeah, like? Yeah, she's, she's just killing you over and over again. But it almost seems like she's doing it for fun. Like, she's having the time of her life. She loves the time loop. She's really happy about it. And Colt, Colt has amnesia. He doesn't really remember why he hates the time loop, but he knows he does. <laughs> so he's trying to break it. And, uh, yeah, Colt, I really like the writing in this game. I uh, all there, there, there are a group of characters called Visionaries that you have to track down. And uh, they're all written pretty well. They're fun characters. It, it kind of feels hitmany in the character writing for the visionaries a little bit. And, you know, they all have goals and stuff, and you can use their goals to help find them and, like, know where they're going to be at certain times. Uh, Colt, I really like. Colt is, like, an action hero, and he's kind of, like, a really smart idiot, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. he, he clearly knows exactly what he's doing most of the time, but he'll also, like, bumble around and say stupid stuff and just kind of have fun with it, you know? And Juliana is also kind of like that. Like Juliana is an extremely competent person who just really flies off the handle, you know? Yeah. And from the, the, the very brief time I had with it, like both Colt and Juliana, like 
like their acting was really good and like i really enjoyed the dialogue so yeah juliana juliana's far and away my favorite character so far she's really like every time she calls you on the radio it's it's kind of a treat but basically it it plays in moment to moment a lot like a dishonored game the powers are pretty dishonoredy uh one of the things i really like about it though is that the gunplay is pretty good and uh it doesn't punish you for killing people because they just come back to life the next day. Like none of your actions have any consequences into a future loop. So like if you get caught, there's really not a lot of temptation to restart, which is a thing that I've always suffered in uh, stealth games. There's really, you just kind of play through it because there's no one, there's no temptation. There's not a lot of temptation to restart, but two restarting actually kind of would be a penalty because if this is like, your third mission that day, you're going to lose all of the stuff that you collected on the first two missions. So like when you like say, say you go to like the city on your first mission and grab a bunch of good guns and stuff, you'll have those on your second mission that day. You'll still have your loadout. It's not until the end of the day that you start over. So, you know, you could have a mission, you know, just an ins like a situation that I could see coming up is like, you have something you want to do in the afternoon, which means you have the morning and noon to go like grab gear and guns that you have learned about while playing. And you can go grab those and you'll have them ready at your disposal when you want to do this afternoon mission. You know, you can kind of get kitted out on your way. You could also just skip morning and morning and noon and go to afternoon. Yeah. It's really fun. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. A couple of minor complaints i have one it doesn't perform very well on pc it uh it has some performance problems but there's also like a weird micro stutter issue where like mouse aiming doesn't feel very good i think they'll solve that i really do but right now it's not in a great state but uh, really just it kind of spoon feeds you a little bit it has this big open world to explore and the levels feel really small at first but they're actually pretty big i've uh i've discovered some like back areas and stuff and like mm-hmm. They've ended up being a lot bigger than I thought they were. And uh, that's super fun. And you can also like where it's so open ended, like you can finish your mission and it'll tell you to leave. But it also will be like, hey, you don't have to like there's nothing stopping you from just going and doing the stuff now. Like, I really think with the right knowledge, you could go into Deathloop and beat the game on your first loop. They've not really shown me any reason you couldn't do that yet. And that's. I cool. love that. Any time loop game where you can beat it on your first loop, I love that. So, that you know, they kind of incentivize you to just go around and explore after you finish a mission. And it's it's really fun. Like, the moment-to-moment gameplay, super fun. Did you mention, like, the multiplayer aspect of it yet? No, I forgot. Yeah, so a Juliana can invade you. And this this gets into some of the higher-level sci-fi stuff that I don't really understand yet. But the Juliana that invades you is not the same Juliana that is talking to you on the radio and is important mm-hmm. to the story. It is a different Juliana from a different timeline. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and you run into other cults a few times in the story as well. But if it's a, the Juliana can either be the AI or it can be another player invading you. And I really like that. I think it's really cool. I think it adds something to do like once I've beaten this game and I'm pretty good at it, I will probably play as Juliana quite a bit and go invade people and have some fun. I I think that's really neat. Colt is at a huge advantage in these invasions because Colt by default has a power that lets you die three times and it just doesn't, you know, you just get three respawns or no, you get two respawns. So until you die a third time, you're still in the game. 
So a Juliana does not have that power ever. So Juliana has one life, but Juliana has all the enemy AI on her side. And uh, Juliana can also disguise herself as any NPC. Oh, no. Yeah. So, and, you know, so a Juliana can, like, beam you from across the map with a sniper rifle. But Dude, I, would, I would be so paranoid if I, like, got invaded in this yeah. game. You know, like. It's, so a Juliana has not killed me yet. Cult is at such a huge advantage. It is tense when a Juliana invades you, but you have a lot at your disposal to stop her. So when a Juliana invades you, a couple things happen. She locks down all of the exits to the level. You're not allowed to leave until you either kill her or hack the, uh, there's like a radio tower you can hack. So you know a couple of things right off the bat. Like Juliana is going to be protecting that radio tower probably. And she's looking for you. But that's all you've got. And so that's smart design. Like it kind of forces a conflict. That's cool. It is pretty smart design. Yeah. The only, the only thing is that apparently there are some power ups you can get as Colt. Like I read on Reddit that there's like an invisibility as Colt you can get. And if you stand still, it doesn't burn up any power. So a Colt can just like stall the game out uh-huh. forever. And that's really boring. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll, that'll get like a balance patch or something. Like, I think so too. Cause this is not a studio that has a lot of multiplayer experience. The other, I saw people complaining about um, long matchmaking times, and they're not short. Like, it's it's a minute or two probably. I was getting to get around, and I was saying some people. I was saw some people online saying that they were waiting like three to five minutes, and that kind of sucks. But I think that's something they can fix. <clears throat> and there's some latency issues too, but they weren't bothering me that much. Mm-hmm. I still think it's an overall. It's it's a really fun system that I I hope people enjoy because having Having a Juliana show up, having a competent Juliana show up is really fun because the downside of an incompetent Juliana is that Juliana drops really good loot. You know, she's going to have really good guns and also drops. I don't know if it actually drops the ones the player was using, but she can drop powers that you can use too. Oh, okay. So if you manage to kill Juliana, you're in very good shape. You've got some good stuff. And I have a, I have a gun, you know, the gun I use 90% of the time was one of Juliana dropped. And it's just really good. It it wrecks shop. Combat is kind of trivial for me right now because of it. Yeah. I heard like there's some sort of like you're overpowered for a lot of the game. And I hope that I don't know, like maybe they'll they'll sort of tweak some parameters and make it so that you're not too broken, but that seems I, yeah. to be a common complaint right now. I have three or four hours in the game and I am extremely overpowered. Combat is fairly trivial to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mostly, like, I'm still having fun with it because I'm playing it more as a stealth game than a run and gun. But I feel like I could reasonably just kill every enemy in a level and not really have a problem because a lot of the enemies only have a machete or something anyway. So if you have a shotgun and a reasonable amount of ammo, that's just not an issue for you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still, fine. I, yeah, still, I definitely it's, it's easy. It's it's definitely yeah. not a very hard game so far. It's still but, like yeah, even with those like negatives, I think I still think like in concept, it's just such a cool, such a cool idea. But and it's it's funny, right? Because like I I mentioned like when we were watching the Sony showcase, like I'm so sick of seeing Deathloop. I think they did a terrible job marketing this game. Like, I, you see, I I just kept forgetting about it. Like you messaged me that it was getting tens, and I was like, oh, I should check this game out. And so I bought it. Yeah, and played it. And I'm having a good time. It is not a ten out of ten. I think that's that's just a weird take, but. Yeah, I also think 
some of the problems I'm seeing in it, game reviewers maybe weren't seeing. Like, I'm playing it on a PC, so headshots are pretty easy for me. And I'm wondering if maybe headshots are a lot harder to get on a controller or something, yeah, which would make I, the combat a lot harder. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm, I mean, I'm playing through it on PS5, so I'll probably have something to say about that in the next weeks or so. But yeah, you know, I can just pop, you know, see five people get five headshots and I'm done with a pistol. Yeah. Whereas I don't know that that's, you know, if there's not some aim assist or gyro controls on console, that's maybe not as easy. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, maybe I'm making that up. I'm just kind of trying to defend it. But I yeah. think it's like seven, seven and a half. I think, I think it's a pretty good game. It's not a 10 though. I also, I will say artistically, the game's really, it looks very good. It's an extremely yeah. stylish game. For sure. Uh, I like it. I want to. I want to play it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what do you? What have you got for us? Oh, uh, I haven't really been playing anything new. Anything you want to talk about or save um, it? Or? I'll save it. I had. I mean, Hard Space Shipbreaker updated, but I'm not into Act Two yet. Okay. So. Yeah, that's fine. So Connor, Connor brought the oh the meat meat. One today. more thing about Deathloop. Yeah. You can invade your friends specifically. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I, I can be I, friends like cross PC, PS5. That would be. I, yeah, I wish you could because I would, I would absolutely rock you with this game. But uh, hey, but you're gonna be Juliana, and she's like way less equipped, right? So she is actually probably more equipped. The problem is she does not have the respawn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like that so respawn. You, is so huge Juliana, you, you have to kill him like three times, right? You have to, yeah, uh, unless he's you know, I mean, you can die to things other than Juliana, so. The Juliana has that going for her. Uh, she also yeah. has to find you. Juliana has no, like, she does not get told where you are. Mm-hmm. So. That's cool. Yeah, but Juliana's at a pretty big disadvantage, in my opinion. She can have all the same equipment and stuff that Colt can, other than the respawn. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty broken, then. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it's broken, because, like, Colt has a lot more at stake, you know? You could be on the final mission of your four-mission day, <laughs> trying to finish the game, and a Juliana shows up and, you know, rocks you and you just lose, mm. you lose all that yeah. progress. Yeah. So like uh, giving Colt the advantage was the right call in my opinion. Yeah. It's an interesting, like, it's a very uniquely designed game. Like it's not something that's, that's common at all. I think it's, it's pretty yeah. like interesting design. Juliana, like, I think there are a lot of people saying like killing Colt is your win state. And I don't know if I really agree with that. I think, making Colt's life harder is your win state to me. Like, cause mm-hmm. you know, Colt might kill you and then go on. Like you could take out two of Colt's lives, but then he kills you. And then after you're dead, an AI finishes him off and you've still <laughs> ruined this run for him. <laughs> like, yeah. So the ulti- ultimate troll. And you get points for messing with Colt, like y- getting kills on him are not the only thing you get points for. I did not read the blurb all the way through because I just wanted to play the game, and it was kind of a lot of text telling me how the scoring system worked. But Yeah. <clears throat> and you unlock, like, cosmetics for both Juliana and Colt by playing as Juliana, I think. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully this game does well. Like, I know, like I mentioned the marketing, but, like, hopefully it got through to people. Yeah, I like it. Traditionally, unfortunately, like, Arcane Leon games don't do well, like, sales-wise, like, right? Because, like, Dishonored, Dishonored. is hailed critically but it didn't sell very well Hmm. i didn't like dishonored one that much i hear two is really good though yeah the thing i really like about this is just like it has kind of a dishonoredy power set and no consequences for using them because i always thought that was kind of a weird 
thing. You have like a magic meter or whatever in Dishonored. You have a magic meter in this, but like in Dishonored, I thought like if you used your powers too much or you didn't want to kill people or bad stuff, you got a worse ending or something. And that that's not in this game. Like killing has no consequences because you're in a time loop. The game even tells you like nobody's afraid to die. Like, yeah, like the bad guys are killing each other as a joke. Like (laughs) that's funny because they don't care. They, they, they believe that they're, you know, you're trying, I mean, I guess technically you're, trying to kill all of them like because you're trying to end the time loop and i guess in that situation all the people you killed would stay dead but yeah mike i know you're a big arcane slash arcane leon fan does this game interest you at all uh i when did i ever say i was an arcane leon fan i just assumed you were because you really liked i like Dishonored. Right? i i didn't yeah, play this too, game but i like has... Dishonored one there's yeah. some prey in this game, it feels like. Like, there's a little bit, like, there are a lot of, like, reading logs on computers and stuff to learn things. Mm-hmm. But it does really spoon-feed you. Like, if you open a computer log and then exit out of it, it gives you, like, map markers, if there was anything useful in the computer log. And I don't really love that. I think some of the, like, it does that for main story stuff. I think for, like, some more secret stuff, it doesn't. But it definitely holds your hand a little bit. Yeah but I like it. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at ad podcast game talk on Twitter. Please like rate and review us on SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, Spotify, any podcast service you use. Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah. See you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Your, your, cat's like, <laughs> your cat really wants to be part of the episode. Meow. <laughs>